0: Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. We begin a new fiscal year, the year 2024, and we begin learning Torah with the right foot. I wanna wish you a blessed year. It should be a year of good health, of peace and joy and abundance, both spiritual and material, and that you should reach your highest self every day of your life, that you should live being the best you. So we also begin a new book of, of the Torah, the second book actually, which is the book of Shemot, the book of names. And this portion of Shemot begins enumerating the children of, of Jacob that descended into Egypt with him. And then curtly states, now Joseph died as well as his brothers and all that generation. The, talking about the generation, they're uh, mentioning the brothers because we still see in this Torah portion that me, that it uh, which is the mother of Moshe Rabbeinu, is still alive, and she is actually a daughter of Levi. So when it's talking about the generation, it's talking specifically about Yaakov and his sons. So we go here, and uh, and the Torah com- continues informing us that Joseph and his entire generation died. And then the next verse says, the children of Israel were fruitful and swarmed and increased and became very, very strong, and the land became filled with them. And, and, and here we see, we, we, we already see something that we read very much in our days about um, antisemitism and this is where antisemitism comes from. Uh, actually thousands of years ago. It's not a new phenomenon. It's something that has existed since the Jewish people exist. And we see that one of the themes of uh, of this phenomenon is that the Jewish people became very strong and and the land became filled with them. And according to Rashi, citing this Midrash, they were giving birth to sextuplets. Like every time a woman would give birth, she would have six babies at the same time. So then a strange thing happened and a new king ascended the throne of Egypt and this new Pharaoh did not know Joseph. And we ask ourselves um, how can he could not know Joseph? Like imagine if you have a person that they saved the whole country of famine A few years before, how can it be that a new ruler doesn't know him? Uh, Something that was so important. And Joseph ruled Egypt for 80 years and saved this entire country of famine. And there is a debate between two Talmudic sages, Rav Shmuel and and Rav, who says that one argues that the pharaoh was indeed a new king. This is Rav's uh, commentary. And Rav Shmuel, he says it was the same pharaoh but he acted as if he did not know Joseph, like he forgot about him. And so how, co- how did this lack of recognition manifest? Pharaoh and his cabinet, cabinet proceeded to deliberate on what to do about the Jewish problem. See, so we're here 3,500 years ago and there's a Jewish problem. Has the world changed? It's the same world. And so when the Jewish problem, uh, 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 this Jewish problem, what was this Jewish problem? Uh, did the Jews pe- did the Jewish people offend the, the Egyptians? Were they disloyal in any way to their country? Were they bad citizens? What, what was the Jewish problem? So on the contrary, the Jewish people that lived in, in Egypt were successful people, they brought, uh, they brought to the country prosperity and jobs and, and, and inventions. Like everywhere a Jew goes, this is what happens when a Jew comes to a country. My, my grandparents came to Colombia from Syria, from Poland, from Ukraine. And they came with nothing, nothing, nothing with whatever they were wearing. They had no language, they had no money, they had nothing. They came from deprivation, from wars, from losing family members. And nevertheless, they came to these countries and and, and, and they flourished. They, they were not these people that were expecting the country to feed them. On the other hand, they were building synagogues and they were building schools and they were building uh, hospitals and and contributing to the country and making it a better place. So Jews usually, wherever they are, they're exemplary citizens, they're kind and considerate and they give to the country where they are. They, 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 They make it better. So what was this Jewish problem? And it was simply that the Jewish people existed. This was the problem, that Jewish people exist. This is the Jewish problem. And this marks the first recorded instant in, 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 the, in the Torah of anti-Semitism. And, um, and the, 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 the hatred t- towards the Jews is because they're Jewish. This is the reason they hate us. There's no other reason. If we are rich, they hate us. If we're poor, they hate us. Jews, they hate Jews. So as, he, as we know, the Egyptians then possessed the enclave, the Jewish people and subject them to severe persecution. And far, fast forward a couple of hundred years later, uh, God appears to Moshe, to Moshe Rabbeinu in the burning bush, instructing him, echoing the famous lyrics, go down Moses way down to Egypt land and tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. So we know that Moshe Rabbeinu killed an Egyptian. This Egyptian, when he wa- he was saved by Batia, who was the daughter of Pharaoh. Uh, in those days, Pharaoh uh, had given a decree that all Jewish boys had to die. They had to be thrown into the Nile River and be drowned. And uh, the mother of Moshe, Yocheved, she was able to hide him. For three months, because he was born when she was seven months pregnant, so they were not checking on her, and she was able to have this baby for three months and nurture him. And, but the three months came, and she put him in this basket and put him in the Nile River and stood there to watch what's gonna be with this baby. And at that moment, Batia, the daughter of Pharaoh, she's bathing. She was she had no children, and when she just saw this baby in this in this basket in, floating in the Nile River, she. She extended her hand and took the baby boy and she adopted him and raised him like her own. And so Moshe was not like the rest of the Jewish people that grew up as a slave. He grew up actually in royalty. He was like a prince. And one day he comes out to look at what's going on with the people in Egypt. He never came out to see what was. And he saw that these two Jewish people were being, um, were being um, abused by an Egyptian. And when he looked one way and he looked the other to see if this, something good was gonna come from this Egyptian and he saw nothing good was gonna come out of him, he, he said the name of God, the in, in, infallible name of Hashem, the tetragrammaton, and the, the man died. And these two Jews that were fighting, they, they, they started fighting the next day, Moshe sees them and he says, why are you fighting? And they see, I, we saw you kill the, the Egyptian. And and Moshe said, oh, it's been known. And so he left Egypt and he went to Midian. And he lived in Midian for many years. And there he married the daughter of, of Yitro, who was a Midianite priest there. So he lived there for many years, but one day he comes to the burning bush, he's walking around in Midian and he sees this bush and it's a bush that's burning and it doesn't stop burning and a voice comes out of this bush and he tells and he tells Moshe, go, go down to Egypt, go back there, and tell old Pharaoh. So what he's saying is it's not the it's not a new pharaoh. This is the same Pharaoh that now decides he hates the Jews and tell him to let my people go. And Moses responded by asking God, when the Jewish people ask, Who is God? They're gonna ask, Who are you? What is his name? What should I tell them? And God responds to Moses was to tell the Jewish people, Ehiye, Ehieh, I am or I will be what I will be. He gave them this name, and Rashi explains that God was saying he will be with the Jewish people not only in their current exile in Egypt, but also in future exiles. So Hashem is what he is, and he's with us all the time no matter if we're being uh, living a good time in, in, our, in our existence or we're going through an exile in our lives or we're going through uh, programs or wars or whatever is going on in our life, I am, I am and I will be. So our sages thought that the Jewish people experienced four exiles throughout the ages. We know this Egyptian exile is the first exile. Then we have Babylonian exile, and we have the the Greeks exiled in the Roman exile, and which has lasted 2000 years. And God told Moses to tell the Jewish people, I have never abandoned you. And I will never abandon you. I am with you in Egypt, and I will be with you forever. So the antidote to anti-Semitism, the Lubavitcher Rebbe teaches us, is that what we the the question is why don't they like us? That's not what matters. Like Jewish people are always trying to fit in, fit in wherever they are. They're trying to fit in. They they want to to. to to make people feel happy, they want to make themselves feel like they're the same like everybody else, they want to uh, please people, we're people's pleasers, we are in the news all the time defending ourselves and explaining to the world why we have a right to exist. And yes, we have to do all these things, but but that doesn't solve the problem because no matter how much we are right in our in our in our in our in our in our, in our life, how much we 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 acknowledge the, the, the truth and the goodness versus the evil, they don't like the Jews. And this is a fact. And 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 it doesn't matter what you do, they're never gonna like you. If you're a good Jew, they're not gonna like you, and if you're not a good Jew, they're not gonna like you either. So so it doesn't matter, it, it, it's not gonna change. This is part of the world, this is part of, of how, she- how Hashem made the world to be and made the other nations to be against us. And very rarely a, a, a righteous person stands up from the crowd that is not a Jew and he will stand up and he will fight for the Jewish people. But this is not the majority of the people. The majority of the people are either against the Jew or they're silent. So the Rebbe shared a profound insight insight on this topic, drawing a connection to the Purim story. The wicked Haman, that evil prime minister, approached King HaHashverosh and said, your majesty, the Jewish people are bad people. They don't contribute to our country. Your majesty, the Jewish people are bad people. They don't contribute to your country. I will pay you 10,000 silver pieces if you let me destroy them. And surprisingly, Ahashverosh responds, you can keep your money and you can take the Jews away. He says, I, I don't want you to pay me for killing them, you can keep your money, just get rid of them. So he was as bad as, as a Haman, Ahashverosh, and he was married to a Jewish woman that he didn't know she was a Jewish woman. So the Talmud, quoting the episode, delves into a discussion about who hated the Jewish people more, Haman or Ahashverosh. And the question is then answered with a parable of two farmers. The first farmer has a large amount of dirt in his field, which is driving him crazy, it's taking up space. And then there's a second farmer who has an empty pit in his field. So the first farmer tells the second farmer, you know what, I have all this dirt in my field. If I come and bring it to you and put it in your pit and, and cover your hole, I will pay you for that, just let me get rid of my dirt. And the, and the, and the second farmer responded, I, you don't need to pay me, it, it, it works both ways. Like you get rid of your dirt and, and I cover my hole. So the Rebbe posed the question, what new insight do we gain from this parable? It seems to be the same story, adding nothing we didn't already know. But the Rebbe points out it's not just the same story. It's a lesson in the two paradigms of antisemitism. So one approach is to say the Jewish people are a mound, they're elevated people, they take up so much space, they're the, 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 the owners of the world, they control the media, they control the banks, they control the economy, they control the politics, they took over, right? They control everything. And then there's the second approach I would say, oh, these Jews, they're like a pit, they're empty, they don't give anything to anybody else, they don't work, they're learning all day, they're like, they are a drain on the economy, the government has to contribute to keep them alive and eating and living. So the Rev explains that the parable teaches us an important lesson. The problem is not that the Jews are a mound, and the problem is not that the Jews are a pit. The problem is that they hate the Jews. This is the problem. The problem is the visceral hatred towards Jewish people, no matter what they do. And anti-Semitism cannot be fixed by trying to solve the supposed problem. We're never gonna solve the problem. The, the, this problem is not solvable. It's not something that we can solve, and uh, we cannot like make people love us. It, the Rebbe explains. Uh, the problem is that they hate us. They hate the Jews, and anti-Semitism cannot be fixed by trying to solve this the, the supposed problem. Some argue if they hate us because we're successful, maybe we should lie down and be like low key we make ourselves poorer. And others suggest if they hate us because we're low, maybe we should become better citizens. And this is what happened in Egypt. Like they were asking for volunteers who can come and build these cities and the Jewish people would go and volunteer. They wanna be exemplary citizens. And nevertheless, they hated them so much they made them into slaves. So the only proper response to anti-Semitism is to be who we are. We cannot change who we are. We have to walk straight, we have to walk proud. To be proud Jews, not take our mezuzahs off our our doorposts, not take off our kippas or our wigs or our way we dress or stop eating the way we, we eat. The response is really to live a more Jewish life. And this is what God told Moses to tell the Jews. Before the final redemption, there will be more exile and we're living in this time, this is the the, the birth pangs of Mashiach, we're already there, Mashiach's coming soon. We're in the darkest time of history and there will be more antisemitism and we're experiencing it, like unbelievable antisemitism, like visceral, like the, the way people hate Jews. It came out in a way that is unprecedented ever. But I will be there with you, he says. Eh. I will never abandon you. Wherever you go, walk with your head held high. Continue to contribute, continue to be hardworking, and continue to be a wonderful person you are. This is how you earn the respect of God and man, and this is how you face anti Semitism. And so there's a story. Uh, of two businessmen that once approached the Alter Rebbe and the uh, Thursday night is gonna be the 24th of the Ved. It's actually his year site, the, the, the anniversary of his passing of the Rabbi Shneur Salman of Liadi, the author of the Tanya and the uh, Shulhan Aruch And uh, he was the founder of Chabad. And he, there's these two people, these two businessmen come to him one day And they tell the Rebbe, we are in in deep trouble, they began and they explained, we supply uniforms to the Tsar's army and have been unjustly uh, accused of supplying inferior quality uniforms for our competition. The competition was saying like they're selling them very expensive for, um, for not so good uniforms and we're being accused of treason. And we are about to go to St. Petersburg for our trial And although we have hired the best lawyers, it's not looking good. So I want to ask a question to the alter Rebbe. Uh, Sorry, the alter Rebbe says, I want to ask a question. And he says, the Talmud says that kingship here on earth mirrors kingship in heaven. How do we see that? And the two businessmen did not know the answer, nor could they understand what this had to do with their problem. And so the altar Rebbe says, I'll give you the answer. Just as God's name is written one way, yet we read it differently out of respect. We never say the name of God because it's, it's unrespectful, right? The king has his given name, yet out of respect, we call him your majesty the Tsar. With that, the altar Rebbe blessed them and they left, his, and left their, their presence. So the businessmen were boggled. They were mind boggled. They couldn't understand what the Rebbe said. They were disappointed. They were asking for a braha, for a blessing. And the, and the Rebbe just tells them how respectfully we don't call God by his name. And the same way, the, 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 the tsar, you don't say his name. You say the majesty, the tsar. So, okay. So they were expecting a blessing and a miracle. So in many ways, they had to travel to St. Petersburg. They went there and they came to their attorney and the attorney looked at them and says, you know what, the situation looks very bad. It looks bleak. And the only advice at this point is to approach the Minister of Justice and just beg for mercy. Go to him and cry your hearts out and beg for mercy. So they went, they went looking for the minister of justice and they saw this minister come down out of his horse and they come to him and they throw themselves in the floor and they start crying and they start asking for mercy. And they say, your honor, we didn't do it. We're innocent people, have compassion upon us. Please, please, You, we just wanna be good citizens. Please have compassion on us. So the minister looked at them and and he says stand up. He says, you made a mistake. I'm not the justice minister. You're looking for the minister of justice. I'm the minister of culture and I cannot help you with these legal issues. However, he continued, you seem to be learned people and perhaps you can help me with something. You do. I promise to put in a good word for you if you give me the the answer. So the minister went on and he says, the Tsar has given me three days to come up with the answer to a question he has about Jewish teaching. The Talmud says that kingship, that kingship here on earth mirrors the kingship in heaven and the Tsar wants to know how is that so. I've been searching and looking everywhere. In those days there was no Google, so he couldn't look, he couldn't go to habad.org. he couldn't find the answer. So the two businessmen were shocked they couldn't believe this man was asking the question that the altar Rebbe had given them and given the answer. And, since, and they said, we do know the answer to this question. And he says, just as God's name is written, only, written one way in the Torah and is pronounced differently, out of respect, so too the king has given a name, yet we call him His Majesty the Tsar, out of respect. And the minister of culture was very pleased with the answer and needless to say, the story had a happy ending. So, I will be who I will be, declare God to Moses. When anti-Semitism first emerged nearly three and a half thousand years ago, I will be what I will be. And this name of God, Ehye, it resonates through every era of exile, of persecution that the Jewish people have been through. Hashem has always been there in our sorrows, in our joys, and he has served as a beacon by which the Jewish people recognize their divine connection. True to his unwavering promise, God stood by us then. And, and, and it's interesting because there's a beautiful prayer in the Haggadah, uh, in Pesach, which we sing, it's a beautiful song, it's called Veishamda. veishamda ve'elanu. And the translation of this song is, and it is this the Torah that has stood by our ancestors and for us, for not only one enemy has risen up against us to destroy us, but in every generation they rise up to destroy us. But the Holy One, blessed be he, delivers us from their hands and yes, we're in a time of the world in which the enemy is up to destroy the Jewish people. They chanted, they chanted all day, like um, intifada, intifada, and from the river to the sea. This is what it means. It means to destroy the Jewish people, to kill them, to get rid of us and they're singing this chants all over the world like never before, but we should not despair because we know that Hashem is with us and we know that he's gonna deliver us, just as he did with our ancestors 3,500 years ago, just as he did in the times of the Inquisition, just as he did in the times of pogroms and crusades and the Holocaust, it, nothing changes. All these people that have tried to destroy us, are in the museums today they're behind the 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 beautiful displays in the museums but the jewish people are here we're here and we're not going anywhere we're here to stay so i want to wish you a blessed week stand tall stand proud be a good jew be a better jew every day make your father in heaven happy with who you are and remember live a little higher thank you